We're all here trying to do the best thing we can for our planet. We're trying to minimize our plastic use, be conscious of what products we buy, and eat less meat. However, are you still flying? Because until the whole COVID-19 situation struck, I was. And that was one of my biggest carbon emissions. I think that is why what Earth Wanderess Eve, who is our guest today, is doing is so inspiring because she is walking the walk and talking the talk. So please take the time to listen to this episode. She is a wonderful, talented, empathetic woman who has so much sustainability and low waste and low impact knowledge to share. And it's all coming from a place of love. So there's no judgment and just can help inspire you as it's inspired me to potentially stay grounded for longer and to try find alternative ways of travel if that is possible. Thank you so much for listening and hope you enjoy this episode. Every day there's a new news story about the crisis facing our ocean, whether it's the plastic issue, overfishing, pollution, if the oceans die, we die. Fortunately, we have plenty of environmental activists, marine conservationists, and eco-warriors who are out there every day fighting to protect our oceans and our Earth. On the Ocean Pancake Podcast, we're going to be hearing from some of them about how to decrease our environmental footprint, go plastic-free, participate in ocean conservation, cleanups, and even maybe some marine science. So, welcome to the Ocean Pancake Podcast, where the goal is sustainability and living a turquoise life. My name is Kat Andreskova, and I'm your host today. Let's get into this week's episode. Okay, hello and welcome to another episode of the Ocean Pancake Podcast. Today I'm here with a very special guest, Evelina, who is also known as Earth Wondrous on Instagram, who is a writer, speaker, and sustainable influencer. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, now, I've been following you for a couple of years now because you did something which I find truly inspiring, which was a mission to travel without costing the earth. So could you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, so the the way I kind of started traveling um, is what brought me into social media and uh, like writing. So I would do travel writing and stuff. Um, and I started traveling in 2013, um, kind of by accident. Um, I got a weekend trip for the boyfriend I had at the time, mm -hmm. and we broke up. So I went alone. And then I was like, wow, traveling alone is really cool. Mm -hmm. So I was, the first thing I did was book another trip. And that's how I got into it. And I started traveling all the time. First, while having a job and I would go on weekend trips and then take longer trips during the winter and stuff. And then in January of 2018, I came across this uh, article and it was the first time I'd ever seen numbers like black on white, how big the emissions are of flights. And I was so shocked because I knew it was bad, just like, you know, the general public knows cars and planes are bad for the environment, mm -hmm. but no one had ever told me, or I had never come across how bad it is, or like in comparison to something that I could relate to. 
and um, it was basically a woman who had just come home from a trip uh, to Bali and then back here to Sweden. And she had calculated the emissions and um, she had realized because uh, we need to get down to about like one ton per person per year for our emissions. Um, which I mean, we're far from that. <laughs> In Sweden, the average is like nine tons a year, but we need to at least try to reach that one ton or try to get as close to it as possible. And just that trip to Bali and back was, you know, way above that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I can't remember the numbers, but it was like, let's say around three. I yeah. Think. It's Two and a half, bad. three. Yeah. Um, and that's when I realized that, you know, the extent to how large the emissions are, because I was already living, you know, sustainably in other ways. Like I was vegan and I, I quit uh, fast fashion. And I mean, I was living out of a 34 liter backpack. So, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't have a lot of stuff. I was living with, with the stuff that I had, I would buy things secondhand. Uh, but then I realized, you know, in spite of all that, because I flew that much, because it was my job and, you know, I was traveling full time, I realized that despite of doing that, I'm one of the worst people in, like, in society. Yeah. Um, so I decided the same day to never fly again. which wow the it's such a simple like solution or such a simple way of thinking about it because planes are one of the biggest emitters but that commitment is really like what I I think that was the first Instagram post or whatever I saw from you and I was like she's walking the walk because I know exactly what you mean like I I became a vegan because of the environment and the, the emissions issue, same thing. You know, I try and buy secondhand. I, you know, every little way I try and decrease my footprint. And then I did one of those like WWF uh, carbon footprint um, uh, quizzes. I don't know if you've seen them, probably have. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I inputted all my data. Yeah, like I hardly use a car. I eat plant-based, da, 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 And then it's like, how much do you fly? I'm like, uh living in Australia with my family in Europe I would go home at least once a year and then throw in a couple of interstate flights you know a couple of flights to Bali to some dive trips and suddenly you know I needed five planets to fit my lifestyle and I was someone who considered myself quite green and eco-friendly and that was um not a fun shock um and ju- just as you said, you know, we, we took all these steps like being vegan, that saves a lot of carbon emissions. But I calculated, um, it was one year of being vegan would amount to a one-way flight from Europe to Australia for me. So not eating meat for an entire year, not eating dairy, not eating any animal products, I would blow or get rid of all my good carbon <laughs> emission, um, you know, credits, 
uh, just one way to see my family. So yeah, I am. Um, I would think it would be more than that, like two or three years at least. Probably. Um, this was, I checked this a couple of years ago. So um, maybe, you know, they got more accurate with, with the calculations. Uh, yeah. And I know also a lot of sites would have like, you have to manually put in, oh, I can't remember the word in English, but uh, basically the emissions calculated is mm -hmm. about twice as much when it's up in the air than once it's on the ground. And a lot of, especially like airlines on their calculations would have only what it would emit if it would be flying basically ground level. It's called like radiated, radiative. I'll have a look into that. Word, but... Emissions at height. <laughs> yeah, it's like 1.9 times as much and uh, not not all those calculation um, things have it like mm -hmm. automatically you have to like manually add it and most people don't know what it is yeah because we're not told about it and of course you know airlines don't want to share that um, tourism operators don't want to share that um, here you know in the in Australia the Great Barrier Reef is struggling mostly due to climate change due to carbon emissions yet they still want tourists to come to Australia so it's, uh, it's a bit um, of a difficult topic. So how do you kind of navigate it? How did you start this journey of not flying and explaining that to people and sharing your knowledge? So at first my mindset was very much uh, just what I could do because I was traveling full time. So I had the you know, I had the privilege of being able to take like weeks or months to mm -hmm. get to a place. Yeah. So like when I decided not to fly anymore, I had already decided to go to Iran. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, well, you know, I have the time. I'll just figure it out. Um, and it actually didn't take that long. It's, it's not that far away from, from Europe. Um, uh, but as you know, time moved on, I started realizing, or I guess more acknowledging and adding it to the way that I spoke that, you know, most people can't do that. Most people yeah. have a pretty short amount of time of, you know, a holiday and time off work. Um, so my first instinct was like, well, I can still go anywhere in the world that I want. It'll mm -hmm. just take a lot longer. Yeah. Um, but I've realized that, you know, traveling doesn't just have to be about the destination. Um, I have accepted the fact that, okay, I'll probably never see Patagonia, which has mm -hmm. always been like my dream place. You know, I can't go there, but, you know, I can do a lot of other things. And we can't have everything that we want in this world. Mm -hmm. Just to be able to travel freely from the start is a massive privilege. And I think people who do fly or like go on vacations don't understand like what a small percentage they are part of considering mm -hmm. the world. Just the fact that we have a passport that allows us to travel to a lot of places. Like I have a lot of friends in Iran and they are denied going to places for vacation simply because of their passport yeah 
and um, you know having um, having paid vacation leave mm-hmm. so they and having enough funds to be able to travel somewhere um, a lot of people don't even have you know the finances to take any time off work at all um so you know in the beginning I was more like well you can do it there are trains and stuff like that but now I'm trying to encourage more to travel where you are Mm -hmm. because I know that most people take their own home country and area for granted because it's always there it's not as exotic it's not as I don't know. It's not as cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, you know, people travel from all over the world to your country for some reason. Yeah. Every country has something cool. And I, I mean, I've traveled to so many places in the world and I've barely scratched the surface of Sweden, which I mean, yeah. I'm lucky. I happen to live in one of the most beautiful countries in the world. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, um, from what I've learned by traveling, all countries are beautiful. Like all countries have a lot of beautiful stuff. Um, And I mean, if you live in Australia, it's harder because you can't really just go by train to any other countries. No, Um, (laughs) but we drive a lot. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like in Europe, we're very lucky with that we have so many trains and buses and Mm -hmm. uh, but then I mean Australia is a lot bigger and you have stuff that we don't have you have stuff that people travel from all over the world to see that people dream of and I think we just need to change our mindset when it comes to traveling because we're honestly we're just spoiled yeah yeah Uh, I was talking to another guest recently about how much we take for granted and it's not only travel it's like that we can go to the shops and buy anything at any point and then we can have a new phone or new clothes or new house or whatever we want you know like we can we have that relative freedom and as you're saying what many of us are born with especially people listening to this podcast probably have a passport where they can go to different places And they have that ability. And um, I have found it really interesting to see how COVID-19 and these quarantines and isolations have made a lot of us kind of stop and reassess where we are in life and travel in our hometown. I'm sure you've seen it on your social media as well, but like my close friends are like, oh, being a tourist in my own country. And my own country where I grew up is Switzerland. I had never really hiked Switzerland until I lived in Australia and went back to visit my family. I had never been to the Mont Blanc. I still haven't been to the Mont Blanc. You know, I haven't done the most basic tourism things in one of what, like top 10 destinations for mountains. Like it's- Oh, like <laughs> like top three. Switzerland <laughs> is beyond. Yeah. And it I is, just like- yeah never thought about it you know I was driving through all these valleys the waterfalls the cliffs the mountains I was like yeah look at all these cows you know (laughs) um but yeah now um as you were saying in Australia 
where I'm living is Western Australia. We're very lucky. We have no cases. So we have free movement within our state. And me and my partner, we've been traveling for the last nine months only in Western Australia. And we have seen so much. And we've been away from our home almost every weekend. And we haven't even scratched the surface of what we can see within driving distance. We don't have any trains, unfortunately. <laughs> Doesn't not quite like Europe. <laughs> have you found to, to be going through Sweden a lot more, especially this summer that would have been beautiful? Absolutely. I mean, I decided, uh, I mean, quite a long ago to explore Sweden more. And the more I look into Sweden, the more I'm like, I don't have to go anywhere for the rest of my life. There's so much to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, this summer was the first time in my life that I went and hiked in the Swedish mountains. Oh, wow. When it's like, I love mountains. I, I love hiking, but I've never been hiking in Sweden. Um, so yeah, and as you're saying, like, yeah, this year, like, Swedes have really discovered how awesome it is to travel here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people think that traveling in Sweden is so expensive. But once you look at like the total expenses, because you don't have to pl- pay for, you know, expensive uh, um, plane tickets to the other side of the world and stuff, you know, you save a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can do a lot of stuff. And especially we have this um, this law in Sweden where you're basically allowed to hike and camp anywhere you want in nature. We are, yeah, I know. It's like us in Scotland and a few other places who have this privilege. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's incredible. And um, we're also very lucky that we have trains that run on uh, green electricity, so mm-hmm. renewable energy. So, you know, you can travel in Sweden very environmentally friendly. Do you do a lot of research like before, you know, just traveling in Sweden recently, did you do a lot of research about, you know, the trains you were going on or the buses like to, to ensure they were green? Cause of course many trains in Europe are powered by electricity, but then is that electricity coming from renewable resources or how far down the track did you go and how difficult is it to find what's powering the transport? So I wouldn't go for like, um, and look for every single bus or train, Mm -hmm. but I had research, so I kind of already knew. um, And there's like a big difference with like new coaches and old buses. um, And normally the buses that go really far are newer coach buses. And also some of the companies do like carbon offsetting and uh, and with trains, unfortunately, in Europe, not all of them are green. Um, but I mean, some of them are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I mean, I would have it in mind and sometimes, not always, but sometimes I would calculate. And there's this Swedish website where you can calculate, calculate and it kind of knows in which countries the 
kind of emissions. So you can choose like different kinds of trains and different mm-hmm. kinds of buses and stuff. You can only do so much, I guess, and yeah. it's better than flying. But of course, like that is also part of emissions, mm-hmm. which is why I also realized once I was traveling by buses and trains, I was realizing that, you know, this has a big um, footprint as well. Um, so I was trying to, you know, if, although I was doing that before as well, when I'm at a place, I try to stay longer and explore the places close yeah. by and not just go from like one place to another really fast, far away from each other. Yeah, yeah. I think but a I lot think- of it is just changing your kind of perspective about travel. Um, if you have the time oh, definitely. and the means. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I, mean, I can understand now, you know, in Sweden, it's starting to get darker. Mm-hmm. And I can understand that, you know, people aren't as, um, you know, they're not looking forward to traveling in Sweden at this time. Yeah. No, I can understand, but I don't know. We're privileged in so many ways. Why do we have to have everything? Uh, you know, Swedes fly, I think it's like six times as much as the global average. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Um, and I do meet a lot of Swedish people everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This episode is brought to you by you guys. Thank you to all my patrons who take the time to be on the Ocean Pancake Patreon page. We have a great time there. We do Q&As, behind the scenes, discount codes, all sorts of stuff, access to new pictures before I release them, and just all questions about conservation and scuba diving and sustainability. So it means the world to me that you guys are there. If you want to join the Ocean Warrior family, become a shark, turtle, or a killer whale, and yeah, come join the fun or if you just rather listen to this podcast share it like it and send me an email who would you like me to interview what would you like to learn about I want to hear what could make your life easier to me greener and more turquoise and just more ocean friendly thank you so much I understand it's hard for people to hear that something they like to do is something they enjoy that gives them, you know, energy and joy and stuff. It's hard for them to want to give that up for something else. Yeah. But the, but the thing is, like, if we don't do it now, we're going to have to do it later. Mm-hmm. But the sooner we make the switch, like, the less... <laughs> of a chaos and the the fewer deaths we're gonna have yeah um yeah and yeah unfortunately we get to that whole tragedy of the commons where people look and they're like well they're still traveling so I might as well travel because then if they keep traveling and I'm not traveling I'm not really helping the situation because they're still doing it and it kind of becomes a, a quite a selfish perspective in that way um where definitely and I also think it's very sad that people don't think that what they do matter and that what they do have an impact on anyone Mm -hmm. but I mean when you choose to fly uh on vacation not only is it about your personal emissions for that you are showing people around you 
like friends and family, you are showing the industry and you're showing the politicians that this is something that is okay to do. This is something that is, I don't know. So it's people, people see, I don't know, people don't look further away and people don't understand that what they do actually has meaning. Like if one person takes an action to let's say go vegan or quit flying or one of these big changes, they are going to have an impact on people around them. Yeah. Even if it's not instant or even if it's not as much, mm-hmm. you know, it, it will send signals. And, you know, we're humans are like flock people, like we yeah. do what other people do. Yeah. So, I mean, I became vegan only because one friend was vegan because that was the first person I met who was actually vegan. I was like, wait that's actually possible like <laughs> that's, that's not just this this fictional thing you see on youtube and stuff you can actually be vegan and even though she's not a vegan anymore but just that one person is what made me realize that oh that's actually yeah you know, a possibility um oh definitely like my whole family's gone vegan now and they wouldn't have if i hadn't just brought it into the home and been like this is what I'm doing and they're like this isn't a bad idea and now my grandmother is a better vegan than I am and I'm like oh (laughs) good job grandma (laughs) wow that's 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 incredible yeah uh yeah no it's amazing she's she she watched the plastic ocean and she like cried for three days and she's like I'm never touching plastic again and this was about a year after me saying no thank you to a plastic bag at like a market and her going what's wrong with you you know stop stop being difficult so it just shows that and it's funny because I never thought to tell her about veganism or about um, you know some of the work I'm doing and the things I'm sharing because I I thought oh she wouldn't understand she wouldn't care she's an older generation too stuck in her ways and now she is one of the biggest proponents of um, sustainability and veganism. And she's shared it with her church group and she's fully, you know, she, she's there fighting the mission. She's, she's one more person who is now, you know, in Czech Republic vegan. And now veganism is growing in Czech Republic. I don't know what's happening. It's, <laughs> it's just that domino effect. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, th- I think people need to learn, like, see and learn that what you do as an individual does have an impact. Yeah. And this is also always, you know, a debate on whose responsibility is it? Is it the, the politicians or is it the individuals? Yeah. And it, it's both. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... That's a very short answer to a very complicated <laughs> issue. Like the whole like climate <laughs> crisis is like a super hyper mega complicated issue. Yeah. Um, and I can understand that people get like tired. They hear about it and then they they hear some something is good or something is bad. Mm-hmm. And they're, oh, okay. But then after a while, they hear that that actually wasn't good or bad. It's yeah it keeps changing so I understand that people are like tired and people don't have 
I mean, that's also a privilege to have the energy and time and finances to make switches. And I'm finally seeing that switch now in like the environmental movements and stuff. It used to be all about individual change and Mm -hmm. people kind of assuming that people just have the access, people have the time to do the research and learn Mm -hmm. and change. And people have the, you know, mental health to make these changes and stuff. And I'm so glad that more and more people are starting to realize and talking about it as, you know, if you can. Yeah, if you can. Uh, not, yeah. And also for others to realize how privileged they are. Yeah, we, we definitely are quite privileged in for a lot of these people that I'm seeing who who do the vegan and low waste thing and the sustainability kind of influencers um I do see that they do travel a lot which I find quite you know counterintuitive and I think this is also one of the reasons why your mission and the work you do really stuck with me for so long um because it, it, it makes me uncomfortable. Like, to be honest with you, like, it's, it's the truth. And it's a truth I haven't wanted to look at myself for, because I'm trying all these other things. Bar this year, <laughs> I fly a lot. And um, I have family all over the world. I mean, my partner's family is in Canada. Um, my family's in Europe, we live in Australia. And it's this daunting idea of like if I really want to stick to my beliefs then I just pick where I live and then don't go anywhere you know and it's it's hard to even like vocalize this or think about it right now because it's so against what I'm trying to educate people on and talk about and it's that's the thing I think you just hit something really on the head here where so many people don't want to admit to it you know, they'll admit to using plastic bags and straws and even eating meat or cigarettes or buying new things. But the, the flying, I don't, I don't know why that's, we've considered that such an intrinsic part of our privilege of our lives that, you know, have you met a lot of opposition when you've said this? What kind of feedback have you gotten from, you know, eco-friendly people or companies when you've started spreading this kind of revolutionary but (laughs) obvious point Um, honestly I haven't met too many people who've been negative because I've always spoken from my experience and from Mm -hmm. what I do yeah I do this because I feel like Mm this yeah um so it's not You know, even though it makes people uncomfortable because they can relate to it because, you know, they can understand my morals and ethics and the science. Um, (laughs) But because I'm not attacking anyone, Mm -hmm. like directly, I'm just speaking of what I'm doing. People can't really get mad for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's my choice. I mean, I guess there are some people, but it's it's actually very rare that I meet people who are negative about it or get like defensive mm-hmm. about it. Um, so I, I think that's um, 
I don't know. I, I've just always had that as a tactic about anything. Like my mom would always yeah. teach me that, you know, if you're talking to someone, always speak from a me perspective because that way they can't say you're wrong or they can't say, you know, they can't mm-hmm. really go into defense because your feelings are yours. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons that it's been accepted as mm-hmm. well as it has. Yeah. And I always try to, you know, differentiate traveling for vacation and holiday because that is a non-essential. Yeah. So like traveling for work, some people don't have the options to not fly for work because they can't just go and pick whatever job they want. Yeah. And if they don't fly or if they don't do what they're told, they can lose their job. And people need money to survive because we live in a in a world where we need to work to get money for food and shelter. Um, And also a lot of people have their family on the other side of the world. And if they're going to see them, flying is the only option because people don't have the time to take like two months to cross the Atlantic on boat. Um, So that's also why I try to, you know, separate the two. I mean, I know of a lot of people who don't fly um, and are so firm with that that they won't visit their families in like faraway places. And I mean, personally, I will never fly again. I'm pretty sure. Um, and I do have family in other places. I have family in Canada. Yeah. Um, uh, but and I have well because I've traveled. I have friends all over the world. Yeah. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> well as you said that's that's your that's choice and I, it's yeah you know we can't have everything and I don't know I guess I'm just I'm so tired of this mindset of just because we can have everything doesn't mean that we should or that we're entitled to it um it's a very yeah. good point <laughs> Have you found a lot of people kind of joining the no flying um, pledge or, you know, mindset? Oh, so many. So like, like hundreds, thousands, probably like, yeah. I, I get messages very often. Yeah. Is there a little community people can join and learn more about it and find other alternatives? Because we take flying and, you know, Skyscanner and EasyJet and all these things as such a normal part of our everyday. Like, I think some people don't even know how to find buses. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that is an issue. Like, even in Europe where it's easy, like if you want to go from one place to another within Europe, there's no site like Skyscanner where you can just put in your place and put in your destination and you get like um, an example with different trains and buses and you can buy a ticket for all of them you don't have that like um, I've gone between Sweden and London a lot um, and you know I would have to book my trains and buses on at least three different sites and I understand people don't have the time mm-hmm. or knowledge on how to find these trips that are the fastest and the cheapest. Um, so that is a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it's often in many different languages in Europe, for example. Yeah. I mean, you, you can always find it in English, though. Well, not always. Not, not, in, like not in Hungary. The more Eastern. <laughs> yeah, it was like the, the more the more East and Southeast you, you go, the harder it is. Like when I was going to Iran, uh, I realized that for a lot of buses, I couldn't book it in advance. I just had to go there, Hope see the when best. the next bus was, <laughs> in the right direction, <laughs> and kind of make my way. So I was like an expert. I was like, okay, I need to go Southeast. And I would just look and like the destinations in the map. And I'm like, okay, well, that's closer to <laughs> where we're going. I'll take that bus. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Um, also takes a bit of bravery and just, you know, because it's going against norms now. Like, interestingly, flying up in a giant metal thing is the normal way we travel. I wouldn't mind not flying again. I'm not a big fan of flying. It scares me a lot. So like, <laughs> it'd be nice to not have to. This is the longest I've not flown in my life. And it's been a year. It's yeah, been yeah. a year since I've last been on a plane. And it's been lovely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is though, but people take it for granted. And people think that to have the most amazing experiences, you have to go somewhere far away. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but uh, you were asking about like uh, communities or groups yeah, and, stuff, yeah, yeah. and there is a group, I think in English there, it started um, here in Sweden uh, and it's like, we stay on the ground mm-hmm. and it was trying to get people to like, uh, if we get 100,000 people to commit to not flying for one year, would you do it too? Because then people could like sign up. And if it reached that number, they would be like, okay, so I'm not going to fly. Because then it's not like, well, it doesn't matter if if it's just me. Yeah. But if 100,000 people do it, I can not do it for a year too. Um, And I think they launched a new like international site because it has spread to different parts of the world. I think there's an Australian one as well now. Uh, but there is a site, um, I think it's called We Stay on the Ground. Maybe I should look it up. We will have all these links in the show notes on the website as per oh, usual. Okay, you can, you can yeah, find, find it later, it. send it to me, because that, that sounds great. Maybe I should join it for the next year at least. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just, it's cheating now a little bit, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... You know, we all have different, you know, possibilities. So this just happens to be one. Um, no, it's some a, people it's can't, a good one. can't fly for a year for other reasons. Yeah. So you know, um, uh, I think it's I think it's fantastic, and I think it's really I don't know I don't know how it's relatively unique because it's not something I've come across in the sustainability field before, even though it's one of the biggest emitters out there. Like on an individual scale, flying is number one, no? But it's just the one that people don't mention because it's not as sexy or attractive <laughs> as... Yeah, I find it very straws. interesting <laughs> how so many people 
like within the environmental movement and stuff, they're talking so much about all of these different individual um, acts that we can do that makes a difference, like uh, like go plastic free, go vegan, mm-hmm. um, do all of these things. Yeah. But then as soon as someone comments on like, yeah, but I mean, you fly, so, and they're like, yeah, but I can't stop the flights from, Mm. the planes from flying. You're like, but you keep talking about individual change and how that will change the industry that applies to flying as well. But it's, it's like people, when it comes to flying for some reason, it's like, one of the things that's the most common for people like that they cannot mm-hmm. give up yeah it's that and exception. instead of just owning up to that and be like you know I do all of these other things but flying is too important for me so I'm not going to quit that they try to justify it or try to make it seem as if the flying industry isn't like any other industry where it's mm-hmm. about supply and demand yeah um well, we saw this year very little supply. I mean, very little demand and many airplanes have been grounded. And who knows, maybe now in the time when they're not flying as much, they could find better alternatives. I don't know if you can have a solar powered plane. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, there there are working planes that run on a renewable energy. Well, let's make that all of them. And then, you know, I won't yeah. feel as much of a hypocrite. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so there, there are, there are like functioning planes that do this. It's just about, um, you know, being able to make them in bigger numbers and for a reasonable price. Mm-hmm. And um, also one of the issues is they can't make them as big as the planes we have now. Mm-hmm. So for like, for like the kind of near-ish future, it won't be like long haul flights. It would be more like domestic flights. Mm-hmm. So with maybe, I don't know, 16 seats or something, and it will be domestic, which in large countries, like in Sweden, that would be great because I mean, if you're going if you're going from the north to the south, if you take the train, it's gonna take you like a couple of days. Yeah. Because um, it's it's so long. Yeah. And so um you know Stop Switzerland. I miss Switzerland. Yeah. I used to think 20 minutes was far. Now I drive yeah. six hours to the other town nearby. <laughs> yeah. But then I mean, and this is what's what makes which is why I understand people get exhausted because there's an issue with making these new planes as well, because making these new planes Mm-hmm. requires a lot of resources that yeah. all can't be like recycled ones so then we have to go mine for these rare minerals and in like most cases those minerals are mined like uh, unethically yeah and it's you know destroys these parts of lands um just to get to these minerals so that's not great either. So um, this is why I understand people get like tired and, you know, don't want to get into it and feel like it doesn't matter. But 
you know just try to do when you know better do better yeah if you have if you have the choice between one option that's bad and one that's less bad choose the, the less bad one like if yeah. you have the possibility yeah um yeah but I think I think the biggest thing is that we need to change our mindset truly like flying and traveling all over the world as much as we have been doing it's not realistic and also I think people don't understand for how short of a time in history that we've been able to do that yeah what it's basically just years? our generation who takes it for granted because it's always been there our yeah. entire lives but like for our parents couldn't do that and like flying was really expensive mm-hmm. um yeah privilege <laughs> it comes back to that just this I don't, the world's just gone a little crazy it's just the opportunities we have is amazing and the technology and how fast everything has advanced it's just it's a lot as you're saying it's it's no surprise that people get tired um I feel yeah. like we could talk about these issues for another three hours but we're gonna have to (laughs) wrap up the podcast and um just for you guys to know I I always send my guests a few questions and we've gotten through one of them so this went great (laughs) (laughs) but I love tangents um but I'd love to end the podcast um with the question I ask all of my guests at the end of every podcast which is what is the one piece of advice just a nice little summary little nice soundbite of um, what would you give as one piece of advice for people who want to help our planet or our oceans and our earth in general? I think I would like to repeat the part that what you do Mm -hmm. does make a difference. Yeah. Like you will make an impact on people around you. I think that's very wise words and the perfect way to end this episode. (laughs) Thank you so much, Eve. And um, yeah, you can find all of these things on Earth Wondrous on Instagram, as well as uh, Ocean Pancake, all the other things that we talked about. We'll have links to that there. Uh, Yeah. Is there anywhere else they can find you? Um, Earthwondrous.com. Earthwondrous.com. Spelled as it should be spelled. So should be easy (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right thank you so much Eve thank you for having me once again thank you so much Eve for taking the time to join me in your very busy schedule it was an honor to chat to you it's been so long that I've been following you that it's really amazing to see you face to face and have the chance uh, for this podcast to happen. You have inspired me and hopefully many others to potentially stay grounded, to look for alternatives and to consider our choices when it comes to travel because it would be good to travel without costing the earth and travel for necessity and take the time to get to know the beautiful countries that we ourselves live in because we've been taking it for granted. So Thank you so much for this time you've given me. And yeah, I hope everyone else enjoyed this episode as much as I did. 
As always, also thank you so much to Graham Mose, who is the mind behind the music you hear in all the Ocean Pancake podcast episodes. He's a fantastic musician based in Brisbane. Highly recommend you go check him out if you're there. If not, you can check him out online. He always has some funky beats that you can't help but dance to. Thank you guys so much, and I'll see you guys next week.